ASI, episode 26 of season 2. My name is Russ Shaw. Are you going to keep pressing forward to, to have the courage in those little 20 to 30 second times of decision making that will change your world? That you resist that temptation again and again and again. So have you ever Love that band. Again, ASI247.org. Click on the music tab if you want to download the tunes that you hear on the show. You just go there, click on music, ASI247.org. You can download the songs for free right there. No, I'm kidding. It's not true. That's not true! I'm not... They're not free. All right? It's either Amazon or iTunes or... Uh, Play Google Play, right? You can buy them from there. So there's links there to do that. So I didn't mean to bait and switch you there, but I had you going for a for a second, right? <laughs> second there, you're like, what? What? No, no, sorry, no. I took it away. I, I had you going, and then I and then I snatched it back from you, and and I I apologize for that. Interactive, defining interactive. It's like you're active, but you're interactive, right? You're interacting with someone, something, you're involved. You know, you're not just by yourself being active. And and I know there is a masturbation joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to I'm not going to stoop to such levels and be immature, all right? I'm not going to subject you to such tomfoolery. Interactive. What, what, what does it mean to be interactive? Well, for one thing, this podcast, man, I tell you what, I've been getting emails last week, like every day. I got an email, at least one, from somebody, listener, out there on planet Earth somewhere. And man, um, I, I, like, I like the interaction, and I like to, uh, to address some of this stuff because it's important. It's what's on your heart. It's what you feel, right? Not just what you feel, but your thoughts and, and all of this colliding into what it means to recover from sexual addiction. Um, first of all, I wanted to address my condescending tone towards the 12-step movement, all right? Um, I've been, I've got emails about this for years, and, I, you know, there's some of you who still don't, you know, you, you're like, yeah, you know, I just don't like when you say bad stuff about 12-step, Russ, and, and here's the deal. I'm not anti-12-step. Again, it's about the motivations of the heart and why you're going to, you know, places in the 12-step format, right? Like, why do you do the steps? Why do you crank out the steps? And that's my 
big idea that I really want you to understand. Motivation is a huge thing. Just cranking out, like if you approach your recovery from sexual addiction, like you approached alcoholism or drug addiction, and you're just going to bang out steps, right? Like, I'm just going to give me something to do. All right, there's steps. Let me do those. And, you know, the big one, the big one I had an issue with is, is a lot of folks in their prayer life, you know, looking at God like a, like a butler or, you know, a a paramedic, right? And, And, and yeah, there's, there's parts of the Bible where, where Jesus is, is talking about, I'm here to heal the sick. You know, you know the Pharisee is, is going, why do you eat and drink with sinners? Why do you hang out with the, those people, right? Mr. Um, self-righteous judging Jesus about the crowd that he was hanging out with. And, and Jesus says, hey, isn't it the sick people that need a doctor, right? You know, kind of looking at this guy too, thinking, yeah, you're... You need a savior too. You just got yours. It's self-righteousness, right? Uh, so there's these metaphors in the Bible towards Jesus being like a, a medical, right? Come to bring aid. Come to heal the sick. Uh, uh, binding up, you know, the the hearts and, and healing the sick and the poor and the, the broken-hearted, right? That's in the Bible. Jesus does do that. The point I was trying to make with syncing up with God is to look at Jesus. And, and again, he tells us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer, right? This is approaching the throne of grace, first of all, with confidence that it's not about what you do or what you've done. You, you're, you're forgiven. Your sins are, are clean. You're, you're snow-covered dung, as Martin Luther would put it. I love that metaphor, right? God looks down, he sees sinners covered in white when he sees the church, when he sees Christians. So there's there's that. We're yes, we're broken, we're sinful, but our sins have been forgiven. Not just past sins, but future sins, all right? Jesus dies on the cross 2000 years ago. How many of our sins are future sins, all right? All of them are future sins. So the, the point is that to sync up with God is to sync up with the real joys and pleasures that Jesus has has for us, right? That he came here to on a rescue mission to love us, yes, like a paramedic, but I, 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 I've met paramedics. I, I sell pizza to big companies as part of my job. Um, and there's this one... Uh, group of paramedics like in, in Seattle is a, is a large fairly large city I think it's the 13th largest city or something like that in the US and there's like two to three million people in the Seattle metro area so there's this like a ambulance you know barn where all the in the city all these ambulances come and I would go there at shift change and and hang out with these guys sell them pizza you know just kind of listen to conversations and and it's you know these guys can't heal the soul Jesus can. Jesus does. And part of the process of healing the soul is not coming to our aid every time we, right? Like the only reason you would have a relationship with him is so that he can come and scoop you up off the pavement when you've slammed your car into the wall, right? Like God wants more of a relationship with us than that. Again, God isn't a butler. 
here to bring you your sobriety. If that's all God existed for, that's why a lot of us have these addiction to addiction swapping is because the real heart issue hasn't been addressed. Does that make sense? So there's people that build this relationship with God and they get grace, right? They understand grace and then kind of fall into this, well, I have the license to do what I want. You know, God's going to love me anyway. Why don't I just do what I want? And it's kind of like, you know, I was thinking about this metaphor with like road workers because <laughs> I sit in traffic a lot and there's these these guys who work at night, they usually start in the evening, you know, like 7 o'clock after rush hour, 6.30, something like that. And they, they, they put on their gear and they go out and they fill potholes or whatever's going on on the freeway, right? As not to block up traffic. Well, it starts getting dark, so these guys will wear like, you know, because the, their boss or employer, their authority says, hey, put on this, you know, orange vest, you know, and these reflectors on your shoes and you know, put on this hard hat with the reflectors on it so people don't run over you, right? That's a good thing. So the authorities of that bee tell them to do this and so they, they do. It's kind of like, imagine your family as a road crew, right? And, and you're out there filling a potholes or whatever or doing some road repair with your family and, you know, sex addicts especially because of broken trust or issues that, that may have happened in the past, you know, I, I don't know. But a lot of us are like, you know, we're like the road crew guy who says, I'm not wearing that stupid looking vest, you know, I don't care what the authority says. I, I don't know, I don't want to wear that hat, you know. I want to wear my dark clothes. I want to wear my black leather jacket and my, my cool uh, skinny jeans, right? black skinny jeans, black leather jacket. I'm going to go out there and do road work. And then, bam, you get hit by a car, you know. Bam, you get hit by a car and you get flung into your, your wife or one of your kids or something like that, right? You hurt them too. And as we lay there bleeding, many times because of our own disobedient, stubborn heart, we cry out to God and say, please help me. Please come to my aid. Please I'm hurting so bad here, Lord. And God does come, and God does comfort many times. God is a loving parent, all right? I want you to stop with some of this. Maybe you grew up with some of this religious, you know, garbage that's not biblical at all, that does not show the love of Christ, right, towards sinners when it comes to grace, right? You're... A, a child who's loved by a perfect loving father that's the that's the point of scripture that's the idea the big idea this god is like you're going to disobey right you're like a two-year-old or a three-year-old or a five-year-old god knew you're going to disobey the last time you did and he still loves you abounding in steadfast love slow to anger right Perseverance, God, God persevering with us in our stuff as we grow to love and to trust, to walk with Him. That's what, that's what I meant with this sync up metaphor. That God isn't there as a bond servant to just bring you sobriety so you can forget about Him when you get sober from that thing, right? 
I heard a story in the news about this fund that was set up to help people who did cleanup on the 9-11 um, tragedy, right, the terrorist attack in New York, the people that cleaned up the Twin Towers. There was a like a billion dollar fund set up to help with medical expenses that expenses that they knew would happen for people who were there cleaning up after that. Now, a bunch, a lot of it was for like respiratory stuff, respiratory illnesses that would happen that they knew were going to happen, and um, uh, recently cancer was added to that. People who may have contracted right cancer because of cancer causing stuff that was in you know the debris that they cleaned up but that was just part of it another part of it was you know in treating people was PTSD the mental aspects treating people with post-traumatic stress disorder because they cleaned that up because of the bodies they would have to sift through because of the things they would see um, depression debilitating depression that some of the folks were going to go through after cleaning up after something like that and I thought that was really cool that they thought about not just the physical right your lungs eyes cancers right heart disease that may happen working in an environment like that but not just physical right they didn't just want to have that money go towards the heart disease that, you know, the, the blood pumping thing in your chest. But they wanted to treat the, the soul as well, right? They wanted to heal the emotional heart, right? And listen, I don't know why horrible tragedies like 9-11 happen, right? But I do know that God is good. It's take me a while to get there, all right? But I do know that God is good. It, the tragedies of, of 9-11, the tragedies of your past, uh, of my past, of, you know, hearing stories of people who were sexually assaulted by, by one or their, of their parents, right? By a family member, by clergy, by someone in the church. The Jerry Sandusky, right, Joe Paterno, trial broke my heart that is awful but God is good and he is just and nobody gets out of this alive right that this life is very temporary like the Bible says like a vapor we're like dew in the morning that's gone before noon right that's a metaphor the Bible uses about our life in this, in this beautiful, horrific place known as planet Earth. As for me, in my 44 years on this uh, cold, icy cold, yet warm, beautiful sunshine on my face, followed by weeks and weeks of months of pouring rain and gray, there's anything I've learned about growth, about handling come what may with strength and somewhat, 
you know, amount of aptitude and integrity. It's that repentance, right? Walking towards God instead of away from Him. That, that's what repentance is. That's what a Christian life is. Obedience is running to the Father with arms wide open rather than from Him. And even when we did dis- disobey and mess up, because we are going to, and God knows that. God knows your weaknesses. God knows where you struggle. That our warm hearts would still reach for the hope and the grace that he has. That our warm hearts would address our feelings, right? Got some emails about feelings, man, and people feel in certain ways, and and I get that, man. I've felt all of that in spades, man. I felt all of that amplified. I've had feelings of, of just disappointment, frustration, and failure after failure on Red Bull steroids and battery acid, right? I know those feelings, man. I've been there. I've walked in that. Thinking, man, is this ever going to change? God, where are you? Where are you? and having him meet me there because I persevere in that prayer and I get past some of those feelings of disappointment, regret frustration and I did it again and just you know stop with the, the feelings and reach for what I know is true scriptures that, that, that are true Stuff that's written down in, in that book, man. I, I talked about that just in group just this week. Addressing what I know rather than what I feel is, is saved my life. And over time warmed my heart and has helped me see more freedom than I, I thought I ever could over this horrible life-choking addiction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 15, 13. It's a beautiful piece of scripture. That is a deep spiritual truth that can bust up those feelings, you know? Can I tell you something? It's going back to the drawing board, sticking to the fundamentals again, even when I didn't feel like it. It was going back to the bonehead disciplines of not letting my wandering eye trounce my my warm heart towards God. Against you alone have I sinned, the Bible says, right? Yes, you've sinned against your wife, you sinned against your future wife, sinned against your kids, sin, right? But, but beyond sinning against human beings here, we sin against God. That's David's repentant prayer, Psalm 51, right? Romans 5, 8. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God saw all the messed up stuff you did and went to the cross anyway. That's our relationship with him. 
we feel like we just messed up so bad that God can't bring us back, and that's just not true, all right? That is so far from the truth. God doesn't even remember. There's parts of the scriptures that say that. I don't even see your sin. I don't even remember what you did. God's love for us is that huge. So when your feelings get to that place where you think that you got to, you know, I'm just going to give up here. You persevere, man. You stick with it. You don't quit. You get back up. I don't care if it's day five or year five. You keep fighting this thing, man. The New Living Translation. I love this this translation of that verse. It's Psalm 103, verse 12. And it says, As far as the east is from the west is our sins. It's how far our sins have been removed from us personally. A lot of other translations will say transgressions. Our transgressions against God have been removed from us personally as far as the east is from the west. I love those stories like in Samuel. That's a good book to read in this, in this you know, situation, in this fight of life, right? Um, David, uh, Isaiah, you know, Jeremiah. I, Isaiah is one of my favorites as well. These kind of Old Testament dudes in this adventure of life in their relationship and interaction with God. Jacob is another great story, right? Jacob is, in his interaction with God, he wrestles with God, right? Not just, it's not that there's a metaphor. He, right, I mean, MMA, Jesus going Muay Thai on Jacob, you know, together wrestling with God, literally. I mean, awesome stuff. Isaiah, this guy, you know, you get to see the prophet Isaiah in that book. You see the onions kind of peel on this guy. You see his character development as he presses in and as he gets closer to God. The stuff Isaiah sees on a spiritual level just blow your mind in that book. I love that. And the character development and the, you know, the, the man who is Isaiah, his attitudes continue to get uncovered as he presses in and interacts with God. And, and I love this verse. This is from Isaiah 38, 17. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. In your love you kept me. From the pit of destruction, you have put my sins behind your back. I love that. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. This is the prophet Isaiah talking about the work of Jesus who is to come. I mean, the book of Isaiah has been called like the fifth gospel because of, it is so spot-on accurate about who Jesus is. And Isaiah knows that, and his story continues on. Not boring, not drab, right? Listen, if there's anything I've learned is that if you have a drab, boring story, right? You feel stuck, you feel like you're not moving forward, you feel like maybe you're addicted to comfort, all right? You're just comfortable right there. You're comfortable whining. You're comfortable complaining. You're comfortable reaching for a new, you know, I don't know, counselor, church, get another church, right? That's more comfortable than actually working on your own soul in your own interaction with God. Hit the eject button on this, jump into another relationship or, or whatever. No. 
I'm telling you, you're probably addicted to comfort. And when things get uncomfortable, you just try and save yourself to more comfort. Just save me from this. Help me out of this. Rescue me. That's, that's uh, something I need to reach for. I'm comfortable with this here. Higher power kind of theology. Don't tell me I'm a sinner. Don't tell me I actually you know, do stuff wrong and, and may need to change from the inside out. It's like, come on, Russ, I'd rather demonize the object of my addiction. That way I feel better about me, you know? It's just, it's just ridiculous. And this goes all the way back to the first commandment. Sex was God's idea, all right? Sex isn't bad. God knows sex. He created it. He knew that certain glands were going to swell and certain ones were going to secrete. And he knew that the cells that would light up in your brain and your pleasure centers, this was God's idea, all right? It's good. He called it good. Songs of songs, you know, eat and drink your fill, you lovers. Sex is a good thing. Well, that's because sex is for procreation, Russ. Listen, the book Song of Songs, the whole book is about sexual pleasure, all right? Intercourse, oral sex is mentioned there. It's all about the enjoyment of this couple and their sexual right relationship with one another. They're married, they love each other, they're you know, trying to cut out the little foxes, right? We all have little foxes in life trying to jack with our intimacy. Um, th th this is this whole book, man, it, it is sexually explicit. It is the most sexually explicit book in the Bible. Little Hebrew kids weren't able to read it until they were over, like, I don't know, 12 or 13, you know, because it was that sexually explicit. I mean, these, these guys were getting married at, like, 15, 16. So... Book, that's just a goofy argument. I mean, please, God made sex feel that good, not just for having babies, all right? Yeah, that's part of it. But he wanted us to enjoy it. Eat and drink your fill, you lovers, it says in the Song of Songs. I love that. That's God's attitude towards sex. But when we do it his way... That's where the joy comes through, and we do it, you know, it's like opening a box of fireworks and lighting them off in the house. Sex is beautiful like that, but if we do it, you know, without listening to the Creator, burn our whole house down, right? So I really want to blow up this idea of comforting yourself by blaming the addiction, right? This is not going to help you over time, but it is is—it is comfortable, isn't it? It feels better to go, oh, look at the way that woman's dressed, or look at those TV shows and the way that they talk about sex. You know, it, like, like I have no choice in the matter. And, and, and you know, alcoholism, right? The demon alcohol. I mean, this is... This is not, this is not good, ultimately, deeply, for your recovery. It's comforting, yes, sex is bad. Why did God have to make sex so bad? I used to think that. I, I'll be honest with you, I was mad at God for making sex feel so good. That's <laughs> off base, man. It's a wrong attitude. Obedience. Listen, going back to the first commandment. Love God, right? God, there's one God, worship God. 
Don't worship his stuff. Romans 1, you know, the Apostle Paul goes into this a little more depth, right? He says, you know, we've worshipped and served the creation rather than the creator. God created sex, but the creation, sex, became ultimate in our being and in our mind for whatever reason, right? Gotta have it. It's up there, man. It's high and exalted. It's my... I got to have that orgasm. I got to have that feeling. I've got to have that, right? It's it's the sin of idolatry. We repent of that sin in our heart, not blame sex. Not blame comfort either, right? It's not bad to have comfort. The 10th commandment talks about thou shalt not covet, right? Part of being comfortable, part of easing some of our anxiety is realizing that you know, we don't have to have everything that everybody else has. Ultimately, listen, God created the world. God created stuff in the world. God created comfort because he loves us. It's a good thing. When we take a good thing like sex or alcohol, yeah, alcohol is a good thing. Psalm 103, right? God created the wine that gladdens the hearts when we take a good thing that God created in his creation and we make that thing a God thing and we lift it up and worship it as ultimate, we lose, we walk away from God as we worship that golden calf thing, whatever it is, right? It's truth, man. It's third level soul easing truth. So I pray that maybe you see where you and, and I may have, you know, fallen into this trap of, of tiny little crack hits of comfort, you know. Oh, look at the wicked culture. Why has she got to dress like that? You know. It's like breaking the 10th commandment as well. Backward covetousness. You like it, that's why. Right? I don't want to admit that, but that's part of it, isn't it? You like it. You like that she's dressed like that. Your flesh does. You see it as a temptation. But she triggers me, Russ. I got triggered when I saw that. No, you got tempted. You got tempted. You get triggered. Yeah, temptations can feel so great that you can't resist them. But that's part of your character development in your story, alright? That's where I want to end the show. I want to end the show with you thinking about your story. This is a reality show. It's God's reality show. Your, your whole life is before him. Performing for an audience of one. And he loves you and he's pulling for you. And he doesn't want you to have a drab, boring story. If the story of your life has become drab, boring, and stuck... Chances are that, you know, the addiction under the addiction is comfort, right? You have a life-sucking addiction to comfort. You have a life-sucking, soul-draining, drab, gray, you know, addiction to comfort. It's easing your soul to stay in the gray was for me. I didn't want to be challenged. I didn't want to go join a group 
talk to other people about my feelings? Are you serious? Uh-uh. Truth is, I was scared. Fear. It's like comfort is the, the elixir for fear, isn't it? It's over and over and over again in the Bible. Fear not. Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not. Yeah, I mean, you could have action and great special effects, but if there's no character development for the lead character, the, the story's stupid. The story's boring. It's like a bad B-movie, you know, where the main character in the movie doesn't grow, doesn't change. The story's drab. You don't tell your friends about that movie, right? A great, robust story is one where the main character you, right? You change, you grow. I love the, the movie, um, We Bought a Zoo. There's a, that's a great movie. If you haven't seen that, I love that movie as well. There's a line in that movie where he says that uh, there's, there's courageous times in life where life changes in little 20 to 30 second bursts of courage, right? There are little 20 to 30 second times in your life where you're going to see an opportunity to advance the kingdom of God, right? To follow after His righteousness in that situation that you're in right there. And listen, advancing the kingdom of God is not about you, right? But it is you advancing God's story. And that is awesome for you, right? I have a friend that was in a movie, right, for a few few seconds. Like he's over there in the corner as an extra. That's awesome. Look, there I am right there, right? That's kind of how we are in the kingdom of God, in, in God's glory. We're playing a bit part, but being a part of his story is awesome. It's not about you. It's about him. But when you're involved and interactive and in sync with what he's doing, it's awesome. All right? Part of life is seizing those opportunities. Like Eminem said, right? To quote Eminem. I don't agree with everything Eminem says, but I love that quote from that song, right? Where he says, are you going you gonna to seize that opportunity or are you going to let it slip? And if you do let it slip, are you going to get back up? Are you going to watch out for those opportunities? Or are you going to keep pressing forward to, to have the courage in those little 20 to 30 second times in decision making that you'll change your world, that you'll resist that temptation again and again and again. And when that temptation pops up in your face, you're going to say, is that all you got? Come on. Bring it, right? Or are you going to go into, oh, I wish women didn't dress like that. I have no choice. I'll go back and look at porn. Come on, knock it off. Man, I want you to have that attitude. Have, you have Jesus in your corner. Look at them temptations as they come at you. Is that all you got? Boom, kick them out of your mind and move forward with your day. I love you guys. That's all I got for today, all right? I'm going to leave the show right there. Um, again, something I tweeted this morning, ending out the show with, if your story has become drab and boring, then chances are you have a life-sucking addiction to comfort. Love you guys. Till next time. 
Here's some more of that song, Unity. Get unified. Get unified with your creator. Get some people on your team, right? Get get in a group. Go to a church. Talk to some people. Not a fakey, fake church. If you're in one of those, get out of it. Find some people who are real and live out your life. Unified, all right? Interactive. That's Romans 15.30, right? The Apostle Paul is is saying, strive with me in prayer. He's closing out this book. He's like, strive with me in prayer and praying every day in connecting with God in syncing up with God and being interactive with God. Strive with me on that. All right? So for you, the ASI nation, I just feel stupid saying that, but I don't know. Every radio show has got a nation now, right? The ASI nation, right? Let's strive together in prayer. RussASI247.org. Got something to say. I'm listening. Until next time. Bye.